Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world. Hello and welcome to Know Your Wrestling with me, your co-host Jimmy Cotton, and of course the man with main knowledge, Mark Sylvester. Hey guys, and I'm here to show obviously Jimmy and other people as well why pro wrestling is so good. Your screen has gone off. Hooray! We're five seconds in and it's gone wrong. And today, as it's episode 10, and obviously now Jimmy's the co-host, uh, we thought we'd do something special where we can tell people why we love wrestling and who we like as well. And obviously, with Jimmy being the co-host, I'm helping him get into wrestling, and because he's been my main guest, I thought, as he's been such a good guest, I thought we'll make him as the co-host, or technically my number two, if as it were, or like me and him on yeah, the don't, host don't call me. don't call me the number two. That's, All right, then, that you, sounds are, a bit... you, are, you are the A to my one. How's that, that Yeah, sound? yeah, okay. But I'd say see me more as... The... The... We're, we're kind of like the, we're like the tag team champions. Yes. Uh, we are I'm... like, you are the smash and I'm the axe. I mean, it's an old school team called Demolition. Or here's the Matt and I'm the Jeff Hardy. Because you're, because <laughs> at the moment, Matt's the cooler one. So. <laughs> delete, well well said. Delete, delete. Um, yeah, so basically, um, see me as the idiot of the, the wrestling community. I know very little about wrestling, or I certainly knew very little about it before I started doing these podcasts with Mark. Um, I've actually become increasingly invested with wrestling. We watched um, the PvP for Mark's uh, birthday a couple of weeks ago. And I was hooked. I couldn't. I couldn't not look away. It was really, really quite something. I was fully invested. I loved every minute of it. So um, I am on the way to becoming a, a wrestling fan. But there's still a few stuff that I don't know at the moment. So we're, we've, we've got we've got here, we've got a way to go. But hey, you can. And also with wrestling, as I said before in previous podcasts, same with like anything. It's so diverse. What you can show people that I could sh- like. Obviously, we've watched ladder matches tag matches we've watched singles matches women's matches hardcore matches we've watched such a diverse thing worth of wrestling that it's insane that there's thousands of thousands of things that you can watch i mean okay some of the matches that we've seen and analyzed have been a bit out there haven't they they've not been the most um i'd say um conformity is that the right word like they're not straight laced they're not they're not straight laced they're not um particularly what's the word? i don't want to use the word dull because dull is not the right mean, word but then again, you know they're they're yeah. particularly i mean ladder matches and um everything else that we've done the map matches they they're a bit out of the ordinary aren't they they're yes a very concentrated view of what how or yeah how extreme wrestling can be mm. Um, and also it just shows I guess as well how good the wrestlers are like in the pay-per-view and other stuff that with certain situations because they use the crowd to be like okay this doesn't work so try something different so yeah. uh, like every match you can watch the same three matches by the same three wrestlers like or four wrestlers potentially how many you have and each match will be different because the crowd will be different so they know to use like they might use move A in one town they can use like move A in town C then use like move D in town B because it's always different because d- different crowds perceive different yeah. wrestlers in different yeah. ways kind of thing as well but obviously the main big spots will be the same like obviously the Sasha Banks match you'll probably most likely have the double knees or Steve Austin match you'll have the Lufez press and the punches but then other times it's always quite different yeah i mean i i'm properly invested in in this now it's it, 
it's starting to become a bit more a bit more fluent with me I, like I know what's happening and I know what's going on and I can pick up on things and I've still got a long way to go admittedly but well compared to you anyway Mark but to also, you know, mate, compared to some people I have a long way to go there's so many more wrestling like independent stuff stuff other companies in Japan and Mexico there's so much like wrestling you could watch like same with like Robot Wars and BattleBots there's so much more than stuff you can watch it's there's like that's why the network's so good. You can, like, even for the moment, they're doing it completely free to the end of January. So okay. you can literally watch thousands upon thousands of hours of wrestling from all these different promotions, and you still wouldn't scratch the surface even after a week. It's, it's, it's really? insane just how much We're... there is. Because so... it's been around for hundreds of years. Wrestling? Been around since, like... Definitely in the uh, definitely either the very early twentieth century or late nineteenth century. It's been around. But obviously, it's evolved with technology yeah, and of course. that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, it's been around for many, many years. Wow. But yeah, like I am just the tip of the the iceberg at the moment. But I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I really do. I really like seeing some of these matches and the matches that you've shown me of being really interesting. And that's why one day we got to go to a wrestling event. We when Raw comes to O2, we've uh, we got to get some tickets. I, I, and we I think that's a different kind of viewing experience to, than watching yeah. it on the TV really isn't it but yes but when you see it live in person it makes it, it adds so much more to it I can imagine with, with yeah, the crowd I mean... and because that's a great thing about wrestling when you have same with like any sport or anything when you have an amazing crowd it's when I went to see NXT TakeOver in London last December it the crowd was so like pumped it was made the show like 10 times better because the crowd was so invested and so like loud because some I've seen some events which is quite good being in Boston it's quite known for being a, a loud and passionate town where through in other towns because the crowd is so quiet you kind of lose a bit of the match like look at the Hogan Rock match we saw yeah. on the Rock mm. uh, pretty much that's a match which is going to be a podcast in the future where pretty much we were watching it and the and the crowd make that match from going from a 5 to a 10 because they I find the crowd is like pretty much in a sense the third wrestler in yeah, a way because the, they can the make one, or break the match exactly we we have mentioned that in the past but yeah no mm. i totally agree with that and no it would be interesting to see what it's like being there and feeling that atmosphere because it's all it's the same with not just um not just sports but like like music venues when you're in the crowd yeah it, it, you just feel the vibes of not um, only like the band but everyone else in the yeah, and every and little thing well, sounds and... much more louder. Like, exactly. And when the wrestlers themselves or any like bands or anything are playing or they hit the mat and stuff, it sounds so much more louder because yeah. you can you're in the arena. It's crazy, or in the building, wherever you are, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, for this um, episode in the podcast, we're gonna kind of mix it up a bit because it's number ten, didn't you say it is? Yeah, we're um, basically going to do like a history. So I want for every 10 episodes uh, that I want to as well, we'll include Jimmy where like seeing who he likes and then seeing the next episodes, showing him more people and sort of stuff like who he likes as well. Be quite interesting to kind of see his progression as well. Like obviously this one's going to be about me and a bit about Jimmy, but then the later ones like episode 20 and 30 and stuff, I want to be at more mostly about Jimmy and see like after watching all these people, who did you, who stuck up for you, who yeah. did like that sort of thing as well. Yeah, and then you can kind of see my progression into becoming a, a, a non-fan, essentially, a, a, someone at the very bottom, to someone mm. who's then been slowly drip-fed, like wrestling, and then watch me grow as as, as a bigger wrestling fan. Mm. So I, I think that would be quite interesting. But today, Mark, it is about you. It is about what what got you interested in wrestling? What 
other highlights for you whilst you've been interested in in wrestling for how long? How long have you been? Over twenty years. Over a twenty long time. years. So you. I remember like going to see wrestling back in '92 at the um, Brighton Centre. '92. Yeah, when the Undertaker was there and Ric Flair and stuff. I remember saying when everyone was booing Ric Flair, I was going, "No, he's, he's a nice man. Stop booing Ric Flair." Because I was That's a big Ric Flair so fan. Nineteen ninety-two was when I was born. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, think I was like four or five at the time. I either started. I definitely started either late eighties, early nineties. So cool. been a fan for a long, long time. That makes you feel really, really old. But... So, what what got you into wrestling? What what made it stand out for you? Is this is I've... this is my favourite thing? <laughs> I think it's probably because I love the larger than life characters, at, and also because I love it as a, as a child and like growing up with it as well, and seeing all the different like variations and the evolution of wrestling are why I really like it and what got me into it first because my dad used to get these videos from like re used to rent the different videos I remember renting Wrestlemania 5 yeah. and I remember my brother watching it and I remember coming into the room and watching it as well and I remember like getting completely hooked on it I loved like my first favourite wrestler of all time was Hulk Hogan even though he's kind of a bit what he said was bad but he's the person that got me into it yeah. like the fact he was just larger than life this man who was like built like a brick shit house. It was had his, his like porn star handlebar moustache. Yes, porn star handlebar moustache. Had the great music, the great poses. Yeah, and I just love just the I guess like the pantomime and the and like the amazingness of these amazing people doing these amazing moves. And at the time, I didn't realise it was seen as not fake but like predetermined because I yeah. hate it when people say it's fake where in a way it isn't because the injuries that they get are real and so are like the amount of bruises and the horrible travelling they have to do and it's just well it's it, just something that I really like gravitated towards and because there's so many different characters so many different people that you can connect to like everyone would have completely different like you can have two people on the street and yeah they might like a certain wrestler but they would each likes other people as well like yeah. let's say for example me and you are big hulk hogan fans but then you have someone else who likes the ultimate warrior or the undertaker or randy much man savage and that's another thing as well the people themselves were just so amazing like the ultimate warrior was like looking back at it it was crazy but it was just so much fun and the music and you could get you get really pumped and you get really annoyed or really happy what's happening as well because i remember there's many times when i used to watch it i used to get so pissed off that when finally the good guy finally won it's like yes finally they won so i suppose that's part of the the overall fandom of it all you you're waiting for for the good guy to to prevail in the end and yeah. that's why you get so invested in it and that's why yeah. you i mean for me it's a bit hard to 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 gauge that because i'm not i, I haven't seen like the, the entire packages and like from start to end or, or i haven't seen a lot of them i've only seen snippets from certain events and it's hard to for me to get get that feel of oh this is quite clearly the good guy i want him to win mm. and then then he goes over to another match and like I, I don't know I, I've only seen very small snippets so I'll be interested to see like the entire run of a wrestler become like so like mm. you say be heralded as the hero yeah, same and for... get constantly beaten and trodden down yes. but then eventually rises the ranks and 
beats the shit out of everyone and yeah, like, of becomes, fi- becomes favourite, you know. Because mm. well, even though Hogan at the time was the biggest star in the company, but I loved another reason why I like, I loved how he said before, the evolution of like, well, we, we, that great video that Max Landis did about Triple H and I loved the fact of how you had Austin, who was an amazing wrestler, go from being a mid-carder to then becoming the biggest star in the world. That's why I like it. Well, so yeah, seeing, like, the that, evolution of these people. Almost everyone has heard of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. He was... And like, The Rock he, as well. And like, The Rock. Like, I remember when The Rock first started, he was so different. So when we came The Rock and then became better and better and better and then when he finally became the people's champion and the crowd loved him, it was just like, that's another thing as well, just how amazing. And sometimes the matches themselves, you get so invested and so like, oh my God, this match is so good. Like, people have had like tears of joy whilst watching it and it's one of those things that it, it, it can like I've shown you some really good matches like before and you can see like even when Max Lannis going back to that video that we saw uh, that it is one of those things that when wrestling is good it is fucking amazing yeah. Like, you can literally lose... I've, there's been some times where I've lost my... Then again, being there live as old definitely helps, but you can lose yourself and you can be like, oh, I remember what I remember being, like, it's another really big thing, being at WrestleMania 29 when um, CM Punk felt The Undertaker and we thought, oh, my God, Punk's going to win it. And then when Undertaker kicked out, everyone was like, fuck, it's, it's just one of those things where, yeah. like, even talking about it now, I can remember being back there and screaming my head off losing my voice and just being so invested it's just like it was just so good it's same with like anything like robot wars or when we, when we were watching robot wars like you with robot wars or football or anything like that you get so invested in the in the fight that you're watching that when something happens you're like oh my fucking god i can't believe that just happened <laughs> or you can either have like shock of disbelief shock of enjoyment or shock of like what the fuck just happened like or shock of just like disapproval that kind of thing i, I understand it's it's a very mixed bag of emotions, isn't it? Yeah. It's and that's the the fun of it. That's because you you can't really tell where where it's going, and you can't mm. see the direction that it's aiming towards. And when something amazing does happen, like like with the um, the Hell in the Cell match that we watched uh, for your birthday from the um, pay per view, um, like where. <laughs> When um, it was Sasha Banks and... Charlotte. Charlotte, that's right. Yeah, yeah when uh, Sasha Banks and Charlotte were in the ring, ready to start, the cage started coming down, but then they started brawling anyway, and yeah. they started fighting outside of the cage. Like, I wasn't go- really expecting that, and I, I see what you mean. Like, like the match technically hadn't started, and no. yet they were beating the shit out and of each the, other already. And then she put them through a table, and then you can hear the crowd go, holy shit, it's just like, that's a great thing <laughs> yeah. as well, you never know what's going to happen. And also as well, like, even when you're watching some entrances, because obviously when I went to WrestleMania 29, I finally got to see them take his entrance in real life, which is like, I have to show you it one day, Jimmy, is one of the greatest entrances ever, like his entrance. And I had goosebumps before it happened, because I was like, oh my God, I get to see the entrance live in person. <laughs> it's also that type of thing as well, you get to see these amazing entrances and be a part of that as yeah. well. Like, you know, it's just even more cooler, because that's the great thing about wrestling, because they do some amazing, like you saw before the promo packages and the entrances as well. Like when you, like for the Hell in a Cell match, there's amazing entrances for Sasha Banks and Charlotte, weren't they? With like she coming out on like the like the throne and she coming out on the car yeah. looking up a badass, and that's really cool as well. Like you have like make, makes it more special and just makes it more cooler as well. Oh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> okay then, Mark. So we're talking about uh, pay per views. Um, what was the first pay per view that you actually saw then? Probably WrestleMania Five when my dad bought those uh, videos over. Actually, it's probably the first one I watched. It's the first one I really liked. And we had all the other ones like WrestleMania Three, like Survivor Series '88, and all the other ones. But that was probably the first one I definitely remember watching properly. 
What was the most remarkable one you saw then? What was the one that you saw and thought, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Out of all the ones That's that you've really seen. That's really hard. Cause yeah, it didn't say it was going to be easy. I know. <laughs> maybe years later, maybe WrestleMania 17. Because even though the ending of the pay-per-view wasn't that great, as you saw the match when Austin turns heel, but that show itself <laughs> was just so amazing. I was just like, even though it's four hours long, that's a pay-per-view. If I could show anyone a pay-per-view, that's the pay-per-view I was showing them because A, it's the end of when wrestling was at its peak, and B, it has everything from top to bottom that is just great about wrestling. There was hardcore matches, TLC2 was on that pay-per-view, mm. Rock Austin. Austin to Undertaker Triple H, Gimmick Battle Royal, McMahon versus McMahon. That show for me is, a lot of people say, it is the best WrestleMania of all time. That or maybe 20. That's a really good one. <laughs> but 20. the ending as well is a bit sour because it has Chris Benoit, obviously Chris Benoit, what he did. But I think those two for me are probably the two WrestleManias or the pay-per-views in general that I would happily go back and watch again, again and again and again and again. And maybe Money in the Bank 2011 as well. That's a great pay-per-view too. Cool. We should watch that sometime. <laughs> Which one? Uh, 14, didn't you say? 17. 17. 17, yeah. you said. Yeah, did you 14? want to skip the um, TLC 2 and Rock Austin match or go and have watched uh, those two matches as well? Oh, we could watch them again. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed them matches. Uh, yeah, tell you my love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, that is a really four good pay-per-view. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want but, it? <laughs> yeah, but those four hours, mate, are so worth it, though. No, happy to and do the, And also, as well, they had the amazing promo package as well with Limp Biscuit doing the My Way that you saw before the oh, Boston yeah, yeah. match as well. It's That pay-per-view itself is just, like, just perfect, honestly. I'll give it a 10 out of 10. It is that it's, good. It's your... The uh, ending is anything that's a bit sour on it, but besides that, it is just that good. It's just like, yeah, worth being one of the best pay-per-views of all time. So you say the ending's a bit sour, it doesn't diminish anything from it? Nah. Just, no, not at all, no. It's, no, it's, it is, it's that, that it's, good that it, the it's, it's is... that good that even though Austin turns heel after being the biggest baby face and the biggest... Because technically, if you think about Austin, he's technically a heel, but because he's someone who the fans, I guess, can connect with and be yeah. like, here's the everyman, he's the person who could be up his boss, stand up for himself and that kind of bollocks and that sort of stuff as well. I think when he did turn hill, Austin's even when he looking back on that match said if he could turn back time he would have stomach man and gone back to being the rattlesnake, but he wants to change up. But then again at the same time it I don't know. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. That, yeah. but it is still an, an amazing pay per view. Cool. Yeah, we should watch that sometime and see what what the the well for me the outcome would be. You know the outcome, but I'm, yeah. I'm a bit bit blasé on that. So yeah, it will be interesting for. It'll be interesting for me to see to... what you think of like the hardcore match where yeah people got thrown through like windows and all this different <laughs> stuff as well. Yeah, wow. and you also have um, some really good people before they became like even more amazing like Eddie Guerrero and. You know, and other stuff as well. It'll be interesting to see what you think of these people as well who are known for being such iconic and such people who wrestlers nowadays look back on saying he's the reason why I watch wrestling to see him where he wasn't as big and then maybe watching WrestleMania 20 and then seeing him when he was the champion, when he was the biggest wrestler of all time kind of thing as well. Cool. Or off top of the card, as it were. Okay. Um, so uh, you've given me a list, actually, of your favourite wrestlers of all time. Um, uh I'll go through them and I'll ask a few questions. So yeah, you, you have mentioned Hulk Hogan. What fundamentally is the reason why he is your favourite wrestler? Probably is he, because is that... he's the one who got me into wrestling and he's the one who I connected to. And I guess when you were a kid, I think everyone was a Hulk Hogan fan when you were a child because he's the one, it's kind of like looking back, even with Austin, when you were a child, you connect 
like I guess more of these people and you have more of that sort of like nothing it's I guess it's more of a nostalgia because he's the reason why I like wrestling and I guess without him I might not be as interesting as I am now because yeah. he's like a larger than life figure yeah. he's that person who you would see everywhere like on TV magazines and yeah on TV shows and he's just someone that his promo's really good you can feel that connected and invested towards him nowadays he's not as good as I when but he's just one of those people that I just will still be a Hulkamaniac for the rest of my life even though he's lied and said a few things he shouldn't have done but it's one of those things isn't it you still have that I guess that strong connection and that strong I guess nostalgia with the first person that you really like I, mean, I think of him more than the other four it's more of a I like him as a wrestler and I enjoyed his promos and I want to go back and watch his stuff I really enjoyed it like when we watched that match against the rock yeah but i think it's more a nostalgia kind of thing if that makes you sense as well with hulk hogan yeah i Just mean be- how, how do you feel about like the controversies uh surrounding hulk hogan now i mean he's been stricken from the hall of fame hasn't he he's yeah. like he's he came off really quite badly for uh, in the the wrestling community mm. didn't he yeah and um he, you know what what was it ultimately what what kind of because I, I know there's all this controversy surrounding like Gorker and like oh, uh, leaked yeah. sex tape and all that and but they leased um him using the n-word quite a lot is that, that was... the only reason why he was stricken from yeah from all of his yeah the sex tape was uh not but yeah because there's a video that leaks online because obviously Gorker didn't want him to sue them so released a video of him based on the n-word quite a lot oh okay so it was a result of one and the other and yeah the... oh okay but he he ultimately won it but i think he might go back to wwe but then again it's like it's just one of those hard things because even though at in my mind, I'm still a Hulkamaniac and I can kind of forgive him for what he did but at the same time and he understands that he was very apologetic and I kind of feel a bit bad for him because it was filmed in private. Obviously, when you're yeah, in private, like, like, you know, sort like, of thing. But at the same time, like, I'm, which I'm glad that he himself has condemned what he said and he himself has gone back and said, I was in a really dark place and it means to say what I said. But it's it's it's, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because he's a celebrity. Like Even people who are big Hulkamaniac fans, even people still are like saying, yeah, we still love you, Hulk, because... It's a bit like... Like people don't condemn uh, for what like uh, Jeremy Clarkson did when he you punched know, yeah, the producer. producer but, yeah, but people were still fans and like mm. like you know, there are like countless of celebrities who've done bad things. And but I people guess still... well, yeah, and I guess as well with with Hulk Hogan because of the thing with the, with the nostalgia, he's the one that everyone remembers. Why wrestling about him might not be as mainstream or as big as it is now. Maybe that's another reason why people may be more forgiving for him because they see the way if he wasn't around. Same with me. Yeah. Like I might not be a wrestling fan, or people that might be a wrestling fan. A wrestling might be dead by now. Wrestling exactly. might not have picked up, and because it was so big in the eighties, they even had Cindy Lauper appear on it. They was like they joined it with MTV. It was like that rock and roll wrestling, and the it was yeah. Just, yeah, and then it became really really big. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is a a bit of a shame that Hulk Hogan is a bit bit tarnished, let's say, like, yeah. at the moment. But but I kind of feel with him, I think there might still be a bit, but I kind of think time might heal us, I suppose, yeah, as well, suppose. because they mention him more nowadays, and you can hear his voice on the network and stuff as well. So, so he, maybe it's kind of so. Some people are saying he might be a back at WrestleMania. So he is slowly some, coming yeah. back. How so old I is think, he? How old is? Nearly 60. Is he really? Yeah, he's had lots of back surgeries because of it. Because, you know, his movies are leg drop. For someone who never really did anything, on his, like, it's amazing that him landing on his, like, bottom of his legs constantly, like, yeah, seriously can imagine broke, that. hurt his back. <laughs> can yeah, imagine. He, he was saying, like, he wished he did a different finishing move, like a, 
a clothesline or a bear hug, which would have yeah. been more suited for his muscles. And he was just like, yeah, it was quite that's funny. That's where his bulk is rather than yeah. down on his legs. But <laughs> that's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, because he's had about seven or nine back in uh, back surgeries wow. because of um, wrestling. Okay, next in your list is Owen Hart. <laughs> Why is Owen Hart one of your favourite? Uh, just because, like, him and Bret Hart were, like, the two Hart brothers who were really big in the 90s. and became, um, But I always connected more to Owen. I liked him because... Uh, it's because, um, in real life, Owen Hart was such a cool guy. He would, like, play these pranks. And there's some amazing Owen Hart stories about his pranks and stuff. And I loved him as a wrestler. Even though most of his career he was a, a bad guy or a heel. Um, I just really liked him. And when he finally turned face, I was like, yes, funny, Owen Hart's a good guy. <laughs> I can be more you like can back him I without can finally, feeling yeah and he's and I think being a younger brother as well I think I may be more connected towards him because he was a younger brother and sort yeah. of like and that I ha- and that and I had that kind of thing and also when the day that he died um, it was literally one of the worst days I guess in in a way in wrestling where I actually when I heard when he died I actually cried really? because I was such a big fan was- and yeah, and I just loved him, and yeah, even like thinking back it back it now, and like even watching back the tribute to him and seeing all these other wrestlers and stuff, and who knew him, just how much I loved him, and even fans nowadays loved him as well. Like when his the, the Blu-ray came out, I got it for Christmas last year because I was such a big fan, and okay. I love some of his matches as well. Because cool. he's someone I want to do as well as Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Yeah, he's really really good. I don't think we've come across him during it, some of us. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. No, so I don't think across uh, Bret Hart either, have we? Don't think so. No, we haven't. No, not yet. No. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. To, do they tag team? Do they? Like... Yeah, yeah. They, they were part. Of the they were part of a, a faction at one point, which was very anti-America during the '97. Because <laughs> really? they used to they used to have um, back before Bret Hart went to WCW, they were they used to tour quite a lot in America and then in Canada. So obviously. In Canada, they were seeing as being the bad guy, uh, good guys, sorry. Where then in USA, they're seeing as being the bad guys. Where in Canada, they were the good guys. You in USA, they're the bad guys. Cool. Which is quite, which is quite, okay. which is quite the time quite weird because for many years Bret Hart was the biggest baby face biggest good guy and then it was quite strange when he finally turns heel mm. and then it was just quite bizarre how in one country he was seen as being the, the top face and in another country seeing as being the top heel it's quite quite an interesting dynamic cool so yeah no, I, I, I'd be interested in watching both uh, Owen and Bret Hart do do what they do best and yeah, see yeah. What... they are really really good like Bret Hart's known for being the excellence of, of execution and then Owen Hart was more of a... Like, Owen Hart was one of the first real high-flying, more the first kind of cruiserweighty sort of style wrestlers, like the ones you see do, like, the, the more flashy moves and stuff, yeah. which is... He was... Yeah. He was really, they ever really good. They fight Owen each Hart. other. Yeah. They had, they had in my opinion, Sibling one of... rivalry. Yeah. They had a massive feud for a good year. They had one of the best cage matches ever of all time. Yeah. And they had one of the best or the best um, opening match to a pay-per-view at oh, WrestleMania okay. 10. Oh, can we can we see some of them then when we do a, an Owen Yeah, of course. Match? Yeah, the, the, the other two matches I want to show you is that match and the Steel Cage match and then another match um, some other years as well. Cool, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's watch that on a, another, another episode. But yeah, definitely, man. I'm up for that. Anything else you want to say or should we move on to the next one? Move on to the next one? Um, okay, so the next one you've got on your list is... <laughs> The only person who can bring down our new uh, 45th elected president. Yes. <laughs> the only one who... <laughs> God, yeah. God, God bless you, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, you, God bless the you. The only person to stun a, a president. Yes. Um, so, yeah, St- Steve Austin. What, what 
what? I just, he was just amazing. What? Just everything about that man, I just loved. He was so, so good. Um, he had great matches. His promos were really good. Um, the fact that he would beat up his own boss. I remember watching some of his promos, just pissing myself laughing, just how funny they are. And he's a man that can make what a massive catchphrase. Basically, when anyone's saying, you're like, what? And then you have like, when the slightly pause, you hear, what? It's just like, yeah. yeah um, he's just, I can't really think of anything else. He was just awesome. Like, there's only one word to to describe Stone Cold Steve Austin out of just to be awesome. He is just someone who I love, and he's someone who was the toughest SOB. WWF didn't care who you were, would beat you up. He was just that guy who you wish you could be. He was that yeah, guy but... who, like, the when that's the reason why wrestling at its peak was so popular, because everyone wants to be Austin. You had Austin, who was the badass ass kick, and then you had The Rock, who was the cool guy. So I was more of, obviously, the Austin man. I Even I love The Rock as well. I was more the Austin man because I love Austin. I just like he was just so good and just really sad when he retired. Steve Austin kind of became the the poster boy of uh, wrestling, especially uh, this is from what from what I gathered during the nineties, like when wrestling was quite popular amongst like me as a school kid. And like, like, I know who Steve Austin is. I knew he was a wrestler, and I knew he was good at wrestling. Yeah. You know, he became the like the ultimate wrestler during that period, and that legacy has kind of continued on to make him, uh, uh, like, like you say, he's a bigger than life character, and he's he's you know, it's like he doesn't take any shit, and he's yeah. he's built himself this huge following and this like i can only take my hat off to the man because he's he's kind of put wrestling into a i'd say a, a more consumable format and especially like for me who wasn't a wrestling fan in the 90s and i knew who he was you yeah. know that proves how big he was during yeah, that time he everyone would wear his shirt so like he was for years and years and years a top selling uh merchandise seller of all time like his stuff would sell like he i listened to his podcast as well he has his like, own podcast like he, and he still them. like continues to sell and that's the thing like yeah like you could go to any toy shop and you can buy a St- stone cold steve austin action figure and you know things with his face on and like he, he's created this huge legacy of... or if you ever go oh hell yeah people know what you're talking about or what or i dashed the bottom line because stone cold said so people would know what you're talking about he is that and also he appeared on celebrity death match he appeared on all these different tv shows like he was a main character at one point in celebrity death match which was really big on mtv it I just shows how it just that's well that's what we've got to do as well on the podcast one day is just watch celebrity death oh, match and just because that, that, that in a sense is just ott wrestling yeah yeah, yeah it is wrestling yeah, that just is taken exactly... to like dial up to 11 as it was in spinal tap kind of thing it, it, it's like yeah he's just someone who i can go back and watch his matches and still really enjoyed them. His promos were fantastic. I still find myself laughing at them. I still sometimes I'm like just what on YouTube. Let's watch a Stone Cold Steve Austin promo, and I find them. I was like, I find myself pissing myself laughing because they're so funny. Especially his what promos. It's like I had some beer. What? Some br- whiskey. What? Some corn to carb. What? And he just said, it, it, and he had the crowd as well, mm. just chanting what. It's, he's just, 
he had like him and Hogan had like were so good at having the crowd in the palm of their hand that like, they could literally say any same with Freddie Mercury and other people. Like they were they was, showmen. Yeah, they, were, they knew how to work the crowd. Yeah, but the great thing about Austin as well, he was able to back it up as well in the yeah. ring. Cause, yeah, yeah was, <laughs> that's quite interesting. You know, there's some people who can like work the crowd, but then giving a like an absolutely shoddy performance in the yeah. ring. <laughs> Maybe that's another day as well. <laughs> yes, more well, bad matches we can watch. Yeah, there's cool. a really bad match from WCW between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. But yeah, like Steve Austin, he he's still at the forefront of like being one of the biggest names in wrestling, and you know he's done things outside of wrestling, and he he's continuing to pull the fans. Like he's he's got a new show on Dave, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. We need to watch that as well. What's it? What's it called? Broken Skull Challenge. We've got to see if we can find it. I really want to watch that. I forgot to uh, record it. And also as well, his theme tune as well, same with like Owen Hart's and. Hulk Hogan's are so like I can't when you first hear this first beat like Austin's is the glass breaking yeah. you know you instantly know who, it, who is. it is like I could play you for example wrestling theme tunes and you might not know nine out of ten of them but you would instantly know Steve Austin's because it was like it was just that awesome you know he it, mate he's just ah oh, fucking love Austin he's so good he's that good he is he is that good mate he is like and you know without him wrestling will never be as big as it was no because like he, he was the one that helped WWF go from being the more cutting kid stuff to more the adult because back in the late 90s towards early 2000 uh, late 99 uh, they were pretty much very very like adult orientated with yeah. their wrestling and they had women coming out with like bras and panties and they had like <laughs> it was ridiculous they had some ridiculous stuff but with Austin being so good as he was it worked it worked yeah cool so yeah uh, next wrestler, four out of five, is uh, CM Punk. What what drew you to CM Punk? I guess the character, uh, I really liked his character. His promos were really good and he was just fantastic in the ring. Like when he retired and left WWE back in 2014 and now as a UFC fighter, it was just kind of sad because I've always liked Punk and I like his straight edge lifestyle. I like the fact as well he was so good with his whole straight edgeness that he can even make it to use it to be in the biggest face or the biggest heel. Like mm. he was so good as part of just, as the straight edge saviour of the masses. Like he would like dress up, he ba- not dress up, but he looked like Jesus with like the really big beard and the really long hair yeah. and he would like con- condemn the fans of being like you fans are idiots for drinking you fans are idiots for smoking you fans are idiots for taking drugs and he was just so good on the microphone like uh, that he could like basically make any match seem really important and some of his matches as well have been really good like when he was in the independence because I remember watching him back in TNA and Ring of Honor and stuff before he came to ECW slash WWE and just how good he was and when he finally came to WWE it was like finally yes he's actually being shown on the big stage the biggest promotion ever and it was just mm. like he's just a really good wrestler and a really good promo man so he he's retired has he from wrestling yeah yeah so he he had a really he... big fall and he had a really big falling out with the company did he really yeah he he, that... didn't, he didn't like the way that he was being used and he was quite ill and obviously i'm guessing because of the whole the travel schedule and that kind of thing that's yeah. the reason why a lot of people quit wrestling is because you, the, the traveling doing a lot of touring essentially you're yeah. going from um well even country to country he is just someone who 
who, yeah, he might be a bit of an arse in real life, but then at the same time, it's like, if you're not nice to the man, of course he's going to be a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. But he was just so good, good in the ring and really good on the microphone. He he would say it's like the microphone, in a sense, is his pipe bomb. You might not enjoy that promo, I guess, when you maybe watch him more and see why he was saying what he was saying, why it was just like, oh my God, it's just so good. I remember watching it live and being like, fuck, this, oh my God, this, this promo is so good, kind of thing as well. So now he's moved on to UFC, has he? Yeah, first fight he lost, but at least he did it, though. That, he's like 37, 38? He's either fir- he's between 36 to 38. And yeah. to, to even do that at, at his age as well, after wrestling for many years, and to even have the balls to even get into the ring yeah. is pretty good. So, I mean... Like I, I'm, I'm not so big up on the the name CM Punk. I don't really know that much about him. And but you, like you, constantly speak of him as as like this ultimate wrestler. Almost he's in your top five. Oh yeah, yeah so he was. Like, yeah, I, it's I like, like my but, hoodie that I wear with like but, the straight edge fists and the and the you know with the one that looks like a Chicago fan. Yeah, that's, that's a CM Punk merch and stuff. Like the hoodie I wear quite a lot. It, you know what I mean? Is he is he a bit underdogish then? Does, uh, is he... he is a bit because obviously he isn't jacked up to the gills at, at the time they were more he's quite, he's quite a small man isn't he he's yeah, not, not, which, not yeah. and all, like... all the tattoos as well I think exactly. that's probably why like he like felt like he had to fight his way to like a lot of people didn't really care about him he wasn't even fired at one point but Paul Heyman was like no I want Punk he's really good and then and then basically I think because of maybe Vince seeing how good he is on the mic and how good he is in the ring then maybe people feel like actually we have to respect him more and then the summer of Punk and then when he became because he was at one he was as well the longest reigning WWE champion in the last 25 years as well just cool. just like yeah he was great and he was just really really good he's one of those people that even though he's a really good face he's such a good heel that like people I guess even though he's supposed to boo the guy he's so respected by the fans of being so good at what he do- yeah. uh, did that people are like we like, still like him still like I was still wearing his merch I remember he wants a release because being a bad guy he wants to release ridiculous merch because obviously being a bad guy you don't really want people wearing a merchandise he had what was ridiculous it was like bright yellow with GTS on it which was special which which was his finishing move or was his finishing move cool I would happily wear it because I was such a big fan of him yeah right and finally last but not least because how can you go this long without speaking about the woman on your t-shirt or should I say many of your t-shirts Mark only three, Jimmy. Only, only three. Only three. Yeah. <laughs> I had then again at one point I had about four or five Austin shirts and about four or five CM Punk shirts. So this woman is like, <laughs> like apart from his own mum, like I think it's <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Um, like besides like, my family and my friends. Yeah. Yeah. The legit boss that is Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. Why are you such a big fan of Sasha Banks? I think it's because, like, even though I like her character, I actually think I connected more to her as an actual person. I think that's probably why I like her so much, because obviously nowadays you have, like, videos out there, people behind stage, and I guess in a sense kayfabe is kind of dead. I just, I think, connected to her, because I was saying to another friend of mine why I like her so much is because I really like her as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think because of how, like, in real life she's quite geeky, she's quite funny, she and she's generally just a really nice person, I just think I connected to her more. And then obviously then being really good in a ring and really good on the mic it just I just connected to her more and I think that's probably why I like her so much because I which is quite weird because most of the time I like wrestlers for their wrestling character but I like her more because of what she is like in real life rather than and also she's really nice interacting with the fans I've had her retweet my stuff and like my stuff and I've had her interacting with me before and she's just a general a really nice person yeah. who is also fantastic in the ring and had in my opinion the best match of 2015 and has a really good matches this year 
as well and just yeah it's just she's just the only wrestler who I've actually really liked and connected to who was more for their real life persona rather than their wrestling persona that's quite that interesting because yeah I mean because I'll be honest like her wrestling character is someone I really wouldn't connect to it's more of the sort of the more hip hop yeah I kind of understand of that thing, yeah. where in real life because she's quite geeky she's into like the anime video games and that, and that yeah. other stuff she loves Sailor Moon and, and like listening to her sorry and listening to her in, re- in interviews and in a sense I kind of maybe another reason why I kind of maybe see myself in a way in her because she's someone who's been a fan for years and finally did it that I guess it's another reason why I like her a lot as well and she is someone who has amazing matches and like that match showed you when she had against Bailey was yeah. so good another match against Bailey and <laughs> and she's it's just like yeah she's it, it's just really weird like for her like all the other wrestlers I like them obviously we don't really know what they were like in real life we just saw them as being these characters but with her because I saw her in in interviews and on videos and stuff Mm. I just connected to her a lot more cool is there any other reasons why or is that just I probably think that's probably the reason why I think that's probably the definite the first reason why but secondly would probably be more because of how good she's in in the ring because uh, I mean I understand that um, the entire facade with wrestlers you know like their personas in the ring is probably completely the polar opposite of what it is is outside of the ring and hearing you say something that like out of the ring she's an actual person like i I, I kind of understand that but but you know because the wrestlers in these like i suppose in the limelight too much they're they're heralded as these like indestructible like fighting like badasses and you kind of think do they really do this outside of their their work like do you you mean yeah does the rock like like (laughs) set up tournaments in his own garage or something like that or you know like yeah that you mean totally like you you can't imagine well i can't imagine someone like um steve austin going shopping (laughs) <laughs> but, he like, but he does yeah he, he does yeah to. like like i can't like see him phone up like um the phone company to tell them like my wi-fi is not working <laughs> like, yeah, like sort it out or i'll come and beat you up all right yeah <laughs> you know i can't i mean i i know that it does happen but it's it's and um, it's not difficult to differentiate between a wrestler yeah. and their actual persona I'll be but honest, because like even though I like her, I love her as a wrestler, obviously, she's amazing in the ring and, like, she's so good. And I think because if I was going more towards maybe a wrestling cat, I might not like her as much, but because of what she's like in real life, I think that's probably why I'm like, this woman's really cool, this woman's really, like, lovely, and it's probably why I connected to her towards more, because obviously, as I said before, even though I love her character, I love what she does in the ring and everything about her, she's amazing. But I felt like I wouldn't have connected to her as much without the more uh, backstage, knowing what she's like, I guess, not known properly because she's quite a private person but seeing what she's like when you've seen her in interviews and on videos and stuff yeah that it's like because obviously I said before she's the character's kind of the more rappy Nicki Minaj Beyonce kind of thing which I'm not really much into no, that kind of music not. or that sort of thing but it's do you know what I mean it's like she wouldn't be in my top five where because of what she's like and, and being such a big fan of her and in the ring and, and then watching her and being like oh my god someone's so good like I even have like I hate that kind of music but I even have a, a theme tune on my phone yeah. because I'm such a big fan and I, and I like that theme because it's quite catchy but normally I would hate that kind of music because I'm more of a rocker like Queen, Metallica, Guns Roses kind of fan but yeah it's just a bit it's a 
it's a bit, I guess, a, when people be like a bit strange in a sense, if you know what I mean, why mm. I would like her, where, where more of it's her real life kind of what I've, I guess, seen, I suppose, yeah. than more of her wrestling character, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and that's what makes you, I suppose, more connected. Yeah. Yeah, rather than <laughs> you're connected to her more outside of the ring, the more you are inside the ring with the in, whole facade. In, in, in a sense, yes. When, when, but when she wrestles and like how good she's at selling and stuff, I still have that connection where I'm like, oh my God, is she all right? Yeah. Like when we watched the Helena Sam match when she took that amazing bump through the tables and that amazing bump when she did that amazing move where she jumped from the cage onto Charlotte, we were like, that's fucking amazing and that yeah. sort of thing as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. Yeah, I get that. What about you then, Jimmy? Going to you, like, who have you seen oh, that of like had that you really like and stuff? Like, who was it and like why? Like, who I guess you've obviously seen like more recent stuff with the pay per views, like Hell in a Cell, and you've also seen like other matches where I've shown you some really good people. Like, who, uh, like, who stood out for you? Because obviously, you who might... stood out? Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Donald <laughs> Trump, uh... Scott Steiner. Scott... <laughs> oh my god, I've, I've got to show you the most hilarious excuse me, Scott Steiner promo of all time. He's basically doing this math equation with me in TNA, and it's like one of the most ridiculous things ever. <laughs> it is just so funny. What? You smell, Joe, you got. A 63 at a third chance. And it's just like, it is one of the funniest things ever. Um, oh, who, like, I did like the, the matches with the rock that we watched. That one, yeah, like, that highlighted to me how good the rock actually was as a wrestler. Uh, like you say, uh, Steve Austin, mainly because he is the, like, uh, the poster boy, the, the, the big name of wrestling. Yeah. Um, uh, I I did quite like the Bailey Sasha Banks match where okay I I was kind of rooting for Bailey a little bit you know yes, and then again she's the baby face and Sasha was the heel so exactly. it, it, it and, just works you know, like it's perfect you know no disrespect uh, That's fine, I'm not dissing you 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 Sasha but <laughs> but you you know it's that I thought that one was quite interesting I, I was actually quite surprised why you showed me that because. She didn't actually win that fight. But it was a good match that it is, you know, it was one of those matches that even though she might not win, it's that good of a match where it kind of doesn't really matter because <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's like, a, for me, it's a five-star match. It's, it's actually ironic, really. You've, you've shown, or I've seen more matches where Sasha Banks loses than Yeah, that. I know, yes. Um, Bloody WWE <laughs> bastards. But, you, you know, there's, um, like, like the Hardy Boys, I thought they were quite good in the... Um, tag team match that we watched. That was the three-way tag team TLC. And they also did the second tag team match as well, didn't they, for the Terry... Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The tit, as it were. That's right. <laughs> that's, when, that's when it was back at the 99, like, when it was the more attitude era, like, the more sexual kind of stuff. It's like, Terry <laughs> Invitational Tournament. Tit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Nice to WWE. Very, very clever. Or but, WWE you know, like, um, I've only really seen... Like little bits of wrestlers to, but but then ones have been like standout ones for me. You know, I've uh, I I kind of get what you say with Hulk Hogan and how he is uh, like this bigger than life character, full of pantomime, full of his moves and all that. And you you know, the but I, I I I I don't really feel that connected to Hulk Hogan. I see what maybe, you mean. I guess, it's, I guess it's more of a... A different era, really, because yeah. he was... I guess, I suppose... guess a lot of wrestling fans, I guess you kind of connect more to your era of who you like, yeah. where 80s would have been Hogan, 90s Austin, thousands would have been Cena. Maybe nowadays it would probably been like Roman Reigns or Rollins or whoever, but 
I guess when you're a kid and you grow up, you kind of, I guess, connect towards more to who you liked first and who you connect to. Like, with, obviously, with you being, in a sense, Austin, that's probably why you connect more to yeah. Austin and Hogan because I guess you didn't grow up with Austin and uh, Hogan, sorry, when Hogan was big, he was in WCW, not WWF yeah. as well. But, I mean, even, like, like some of the other big names, like Brock Lesnar and John Cena, like, I, I don't really they don't seem to be anything special or not that i've seen to be anything special maybe you can prove otherwise have you seen brock matches then have we seen a brock promo i believe oh yeah i think i have seen him fight a few times okay like outside of what we're doing here but yeah i just don't think he's i don't know I, I I want you to prove me otherwise, but I don't That's think he, there, he I, I, or, I see what you mean. Or someone like John Cena or anything particularly special. No, no, I've never been a John Cena fan. I think it's because... I suppose he's... He <laughs> was, like, shoved down people's throats yeah. quite a lot. He's, and kind of a, he's kind of, like... He, he's become a bit of a... A meme. Oh, oh, yeah, he... Well, <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't say a joke, but... He, like, like... Like the thing no, with, no one takes him a bit... Well, I, I get the impression that no one takes him seriously. And now, I think it's a thing with him, because I think everyone knows he's probably going to win, you don't, I guess, uh, in a way, lose that sort of investment, in a way, in his matches, because you know what the result's going to be. With other matches, you don't know yeah. what the result's going to be. So, I guess, when the when it's a false finish, you don't have that go, oh, my God, where other matches you would. Yeah. You kind of feel like, oh, Cena's going to win at the end, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, like, I, I do like a good underdog story i like the 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 way how you say that sometimes these like guys get beaten up and it's like you want them to be heralded as the hero yeah um but they don't always get that break and then you you kind of see them um work up the ranks and then eventually mm. becoming top dog and i think the only reason why probably as well looking at it in a sense where hogan and cena in a sense was with the superman where in a way Austin was more, I guess, the Batman kind of thing. Yeah, but in, I, in that sort of way. Cause, uh, but I suppose because a lot of people joking is not as much as nowadays. But Cena was known as Super Cena for many, many years because he would literally be beaten down, beaten, beaten down. Two moves, five moves of doom, and then he would win. And he would win. Yeah. But but like it's, I mean, when you see like a, an underdog that you that you connect with and they rise to the ranks and they eventually win like something, Bailey. something predominant like does that make you feel that they're still an underdog though when they win something or do you still uh, feel connected if they don't win i mean i i only I say this because it's it's a bit 50 50 i kind of guess it's mostly to do with how they're booked like I mean, if I mean if they're booked in the right way then you would but if they're booked in the wrong way then I guess you would kind of maybe lose that the, connection if that makes any sense. The the only thing that I can um sort and of... also as well some fans are very very petty like when they finally get what they want they then move on to someone else and forget about that that, yeah, that thing yeah. as well so yeah I can understand that but well, the only thing that I can connect it to right is uh, <laughs> going back to Robot Wars because because that's kind of a combat sport. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, like, it is. It's completely. Like, it's might be my my it... favorite robot in Robot Wars was uh, a robot called Hypnodisc, right? And Hypnodisc would constantly destroy the competition. You know, leave leave other robots in bits and pieces, and Hypnodisc never ever won. And they are forever cemented to me. As an underdog, you know, mm. they were this powerful, but they never actually got to the top of anything. And, you know, it kind of makes me think, ah, oh, but one day, one day they could do it. But then it kind of makes me think, 
well, if they do win one day, will they be an underdog? Yeah, will I know that, what you mean. That fighting up the ranks would that yeah. be? Of, would that be worth anything to, like? It's one of those things, isn't it? Like when it finally happens, it's like oh, you kind of lose. Yeah, don't you, you? yeah. You lose a little bit of the the magic. I mean, you're happy that they're champion, but you're kind mm. of are you left in the position where you think. Oh, actually, I prefer them as the yeah, underdog. No, but then, I prefer but then them again, with a little bit of weakness. It depends on the crowd as well. Like, even though some people might kind of be seen as an underdog, like they might be so loving one town compared to another town. Like Bailey, when they were back over here in the UK in Glasgow, she was so over, so popular. Everyone was singing her name and singing, yeah. "Hey, hey, Bailey, ooh, ah." I want to know if you'll be my girl. They were singing it for like 10, 15 minutes. And it's just like, it's just like I've, it, no, that's another thing as well. Like when they finally get the thing that they want, I guess it also depends on the person and the crowds as well, doesn't yeah. it? As well, well sometimes. Well, it's exactly. one of those interesting things, isn't it? Like people's perceptions of things when it finally happens, they either go like, shit, really that happened? Or they're like, yes, finally it happened and then carry yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess reality might, or might not always perceive, um, in, like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like not in, um, imaginary kind of thing isn't it like yeah, sometimes it, real it life represent yeah like, like yeah because re, yeah, reality might not represent what they thought something yeah, might exactly. happen or be like sort of thing as well like yeah I mean the, to me uh, an underdog is always going to be better than someone who constantly wins because they are, are seen as a bit more human and they don't have <laughs> um, they mm. have weakness and they can and they show that they're you, you know that everyone has weaknesses if you were to enter the ring and fight your way through and like constantly win and win and win it's like are we sure we've not just entered like uh a, <laughs> um like some fighting machine into a wrestling mm. ring and he's just like some sort of terminator <laughs> you know that's one of the reasons why everyone resented roman reigns for a while because they felt like he was same with cena being shoved down their throats and being pushed and being used too much, yeah. where they think other people should deserve it more than him. Oh, that's quite interesting. Um, what? Why did you make this podcast? Why did you want to specifically cater for those who don't know probably, people like me? Why did probably because um, at the time I was doing YouTube videos, which wasn't that popular, and I was kind of putting too much uh, effort in and not really getting much rewards. And because I love wrestling and I like editing as well, I wanted to include two of my main loves and doing a podcast. I really enjoy listening to them, and I thought doing a podcast would be something that really enjoyable to do. And and it was just 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 for a bit of fun. And because now I've obviously got you, it's uh, I guess in a way not giving me that thing, but you know you have more of a in a way an incentive, and it's like having you as the main person who I'm showing to it's I can then be like oh my god I've got these amazing ideas what to show you and stuff as well no it's quite interesting to talk about something as like as a completely blank canvas yeah and how many have I done with you now how many podcasts for you about Together about five or six. Yeah, you, something you like def- that. You're definitely the top person who's been on the podcast but, the most. But like looking at me, who's come in like completely unaware, oblivious to, well, not not oblivious, but you know, just. And who would have thought it was just a random right. like we were doing a other podcast? Like, that's should we do a wrestling one as well? The yeah, same day. I was exactly. like, yeah, sure thing. And then look what's happened now. That yeah, it's now just great that... I'm I'm your top guest, and now I've been made co-host. Yeah, which is quite interesting because I don't know a lot. <laughs> But right. but you, no, that's, that's, that's but I the am point. I am the person you are catering to for. Yeah, this I podcast. am pretty much. Yes. I am like the 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 everyone out there who doesn't know or wants mm. to know.
know more. And I, guess I am the the representing of the people. Which is why, in a sense, after thing, it was quite good. I showed you the good stuff and the bad stuff. Then you can see, in a sense, why when it's really good, like why it's so good. Like you wouldn't just show if you were the Robot Wars podcast, just the best <laughs> Robot Wars you showed and the bad stuff and the good stuff. Then you can see actually this is when it's not that great. But when you but when you see stuff that is really good, it, I guess it makes you appreciate it more. Which is another reason exactly, why yeah. I like doing it with you because I get even though with other people I show them just the good stuff, I fed up with you maybe have a more connection towards it more because you've seen the really shitty stuff and then you've watched the really good stuff at the same time and been like actually it's really good and you enjoy it more yeah I mean as much as the bad matches were bad they were entertaining yes like, the, like... the Donald Trump Roger Donald match was even though it was absolutely shite it, we, we were taking it, a piss we, it was more entertaining because we were taking the piss out of it and it was just we were just that was like, ta- that, like having the, a laugh the entertainment well. was what we were saying away from the match rather yes. than and then about the first the match. match was just the the that was just that was just a match wasn't it it was just like yeah that was odd <laughs> but... that was very odd but hey ho it is wrestling for you you have some really odd shit and you have some amazing shit it's just really bizarre sometimes. is there any I've no, I haven't come across anything that's been particularly in the middle like particularly boring <laughs> there's been there's been, been there's been a few very boring matches yeah cool and yeah so how do you wish uh, your podcast to go in the future what direction hopefully like... that uh, A will get some money from it just and B that will hopefully do it as a full time career full time career podcasting yeah because a lot of people get really good money doing podcasting so I thought that would be quite a cool thing to do just like do do it where we can just like watch like wrestling and maybe because I guess harder with like because some people actually podcast for a living and they do like two or three podcasts a week not not obviously get that many but at least do one once one a week or and also we can go to different conventions to do wrestling and do different panels and stuff like, I reckon that I want to be like like the the live audio wrestling the Steve Austins of the world the Art of Wrestling, the OSW review of wrestling, the Attitude Era uh, podcast. Uh, uh, like, obviously, we, we're getting there. We're getting people listening to it. We're getting quite a lot of views and stuff. The most amount of views I've had at one episode so far is 300 with the Sasha Banks episode with me and Tony. And it's just nice to see people liking our podcast yeah. and hopefully we become more and more popular. I mean, do like, you see yourself branching out into any other sort of... Like, is it solely podcasts? Or, I mean, you said that you used to do video editing, but it didn't really get much m- much view much traction yeah and yeah. um like there, there's nothing more that do you solely want to do podcasts or would you think about going back to videos maybe at a later point or probably just podcasting because I, I i suppose think, i think i enjoy it more because with the podcasting even though there's editing involved and everything else i like it more because i am doing it with someone else i'm yeah. not very good when speaking to my, by myself because i you've guess got you, no one to feedback, feedback to. to you and you kind of guess feel more not nervous but you know if you know you're being recorded well at the moment it kind of feels we're just having a conversation but we're just recording that's exactly what we're doing (laughs) and also I kind of feel like I don't have to be perfect and if I make a few mistakes and like there's been a few times where I might have mumbled or I might have said a word a couple times that I leave it in because it's a natural thing rather than having to make sure it's so perfect and so like blah 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 that it kind of I guess by doing the videos it kind of became a bit in a way methodical if that makes any sense like methodical in a way that I kind of feel like I'm sort of more editing more towards where I have to do it rather than in where I'm enjoying it more where, where I, when I edit the podcast I literally edit it where I'm looking at the different sounds I have it mute and then I listen back to it and if I notice something doesn't sound right I delete it but otherwise yeah. I leave it in but yeah. I, and then if I notice a few gaps where I hear myself breathing quite loudly I'd take that out yeah 
but most of the time I usually just when I edit take what's being seen on the screen now and then I like edit point A to point B when it ends da -da 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 -da, and yeah. then when I know the whole timeline's ready I listen back through it all see how it sounds and that's a few things that I notice oh this might be needing a bit of editing or this might need a bit of edit do it and then I listen back through it again to see how it sounds yeah and I just really enjoy it actually I just enjoy doing podcasts well, it's as well. a, it was the same with me when um, yeah going back to the Robot Wars podcast that I used to record with you and um, some of the other guys it's it's good to I mean, mine strictly wasn't a podcast because I wasn't uploading it to like SoundCloud or anything like that or iTunes um, mine just purely on YouTube so you know it's mm. more of a tube cast but uh, more than anything but the fact of the matter is is that it was all done basically the same way I'm uh, editing audio is a lot easier than editing video because you've only got the audio to go by you've, yeah. whereas with video you've kind of got to get the you've got to be synced up first and then you've got to see what visual matches the audio mm. and then you, you know and like a, a visual thing might not match what you say in the audio or the audio might mm. not match what's being portrayed on the screen and it's harder to put the two together so I, can't, I, I get where you're coming from with but I'll be honest, I, I still enjoyed doing the video editing and stuff but I think I prefer doing this more because in a way I guess enjoy it more and I feel like where it goes on a, more of a podcast it can be as long as it needs to be where I've noticed yeah. some YouTube videos if you do it too long people lose interest and it's just something that I've I guess I, hearing other people do it as well I just really wanted to do it I mean a podcast you can put on in the background whilst you're doing something else and it's, yeah. it's there that, like I've listened back to some of our podcasts and like just done yeah I have as well I've listened to some back to some of ours as well I like, love you know to it's, it's listen, listening back to it just in the background you know and I'm still taking on what's being said but I'm not I'm not watching anything I'm not yeah. visually seeing anything and I can do other things around it and it makes me feel a bit more productive if anything you have to be completely focused on a video when you're watching oh, yeah, pretty much where podcasts, when you're doing like yeah podcast you can just like put in the background and stuff yeah I know you, you can mean. do it whilst you're washing the dishes you can yeah, that's what I do I, like, I listen like, to it when I'm well, in the bath as well like there's a lot of podcasts and stuff yeah. and and also as well with podcasting I guess I like it more where it's the more sort of informal kind of thing where rather than videos is more I guess the more yeah, formal way if, if you if you I guess with then again, like even doing video podcasting in a sense would be a bit different. But I like more like not knowing in a sense what people knowing what you look like, and I guess I like the more informal thing where rather than doing it on a video, it's just and also um, not really having many people watch your stuff and sort of thing. It's kind of a bit like well, I did all this hard work, kind of nothing. And with podcasting, even though it's still a lot of hard work, I kind of in a sense with SoundCloud and having more followers follow podcasts and stuff. I think we have now over about fifteen or twenty followers, and yeah. a lot of people listening to it. I guess it kind of makes you I guess enjoy it more because you kind of feel like your hard work's being appreciated by yeah, people as well. Yeah you're delivering to people who are who are invested you know yeah. you're, whereas you can't really see that on like other mediums like um, on YouTube you get your number of views and yeah I mean you get subscribers but like all manner of people can drop in and out of videos at whatever time. Pretty and much and also there's so many different people who do it as well like sometimes it's insane just how many people like have videos on YouTube. Like, like 10 years ago, it would have been easier to get subscribers. Nowadays, you're lucky to be seen because it's just... Exactly. This, 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 so, this. Just so yeah. much. And, you, you know, it is it is a bit of a... 
I wouldn't say a hard market to get to, but there's not really much call, really, is there, for a lot of wrestling? I mean, I I can only think of a few podcasts that have, have, you know, come to me from different sources on wrestling, but this one's a bit unique in the fact that it's, well, it's called Know Your Wrestling for a Reason. It's Yeah, there's there's no one... You say at the beginning of episodes to um, show, um, like, starting out fans and long-term fans why wrestling is so good it's more of a i'd say it's more of a, a history lesson to wrestling rather yeah. than like a strict review like... there's, there's another podcast like it called how to wrestling where this guy who use who does attitude era po- podcast and another podcast he shows his girlfriend a load of wrestling and stuff which is, which is quite similar but yeah with mine it's different because a in a way i like showing different guests and b where then they just they like look they discuss the match in detail and then they discuss it afterwards but i think with me and you i i think ours is i guess more of a informal kind of thing rather yeah, than I theirs mean, is more it's not formal but, but you, you know what I mean a bit more uniform isn't it a bit more linear whereas we go off on a, a, like, like a, a tangent, a tangent yeah, all the time and pretty much. talk about something completely different compared to the matches mm. that we've been analysing anyway so like we would watch a match and then you would say something oh, it would be similar or what XYZ wrestler did in a yeah. similar match or whatever and then it, it becomes a bit more of a discussion like comparing it to to my Robot Wars podcast, that was very straight linear, wasn't it? It was yeah. We watched the fights and then we analysed each match by match by match. We went off on a few tangents, but it was strictly the entire episode of Robot Wars. Whereas here, we're not watching an entire pay per view, or we haven't watched an entire pay per view just yet, and analyse that from beginning to end. Yeah, uh, that'd, that'd be, that'd be something quite, well, that we could that'd do. That'd be quite interesting, actually, when we do a pay per view. Like, how how would we do it? Like, I guess. Would we would we then discuss like maybe not maybe even match by match would be like pe- Jimmy what do you feel in the pay per view in general then what moments in the pay per view stood out for you would you I don't know it'd be interesting to see how you did because you're looking at whole pay per view with like about ten or eleven matches yeah would you like it'd be interesting to see when when we if we finally do do a pay per view like how we would do it and also when we do pay per views we want to do like other other people do where they look at a timeline where we can look at a timeline from when Austin comes back from his next surgery in like September two thousand all the way to WrestleMania 17 to see yeah. him coming back and then to see when he finally wins Royal Rumble and then at WrestleMania 17 like the yeah. the build up and the you know I guess in a way the struggle and the sort of the thing as well about Austin becoming I guess the champion again if that makes any sense yeah but like um, the, the the things that we watch and the things that we analyse haven't been strictly modern like the, we haven't analysed something say from last week have we or no. within in the past month it's always been from a few years ago or you know that's why i say it's a bit more of a history lesson rather than a um uh, a recap sort of thing yeah and no i actually quite prefer that because you being the big wrestling fan that you are you can then sift through all of the crap that you don't want me to see yes and then you can present this as saying ah oh, this is the best match of whatever event and i'll be like yeah this really is the best match yeah. of that event i don't know i don't know if it was the best match but you've 
given it your expert opinion and you've said and, no, I, and I you guess if you which is one. really good with having you as well and our, another guest like I had before like with Tony and Mike and other people like that because in a way because we're so different like you might love a match that I might have not liked as much exactly, as you yeah. or you might like if we watch WrestleMania 17 for example you watch a whole pay-per-view like you might love a match that I thought was really boring and crap and you might be like actually oh, this match was really good and it's nice to have someone else's perspective which is yeah. why so wrestling is so good in a way saying Road Wars and anything else where people have so many different types of perspective and who they like and what they don't like that yeah. it's quite nice to sort of that sort of thing as well exactly yeah anything else you want to say to no, really. no? no anything else you want to mention to all jimmy like anything in that that you might want to say obviously being on the podcast five or six times and being like the person who's like getting more into it and being the co-host like is there anything you might want to mention or anything at all or... no i mean i said it earlier i'm It'll be quite interesting to document my rise of fandom, I suppose. You know, starting out as a non-fan and then see me at the end of it. Like, yeah, wearing the merch. Wearing the merch. We're like, Mark, I want to get an Austin 316 shirt. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. And it's like, Tinder the link where you get a rock shirt. It's just, just bring it. And the back with the Brahma ball. It's like, cat, get what? Guess what? What is it, Jimmy? I got a Just Bring It shirt. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but... I'm still a long way to go from there. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, man. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I was, I went years and years without ever buying a wrestling But, you know, like, like, I'm starting to know wrestlers. I'm starting to know terminology and, like, different phrases and all that. You know, I know how, how it's starting to work. And, you know, as someone who went in and, for example, went into it completely straight-faced and just watched wrestling, they probably wouldn't have found it as interesting um, if they hadn't known the terminology and had known you, you know I, I the the little bit of knowledge that i have gained from these podcasts has made it more interesting mm. i know something else we could do one day like obviously with you being a really big or both of us being a really big fan of robot wars and then also obviously not being a fan of as robot wars as you are and then more to ufc we can maybe like compare and contrast between the three because they are like three <laughs> things of being quite in a way combat, combat sporty and we can like compare how, in a sense, even though they might be quite similar, they're also very different at the same time and just see how... Yeah. Because a lot of people say, in a sense, how the UFC is, in a way, like the new wrestling slash boxing because yeah. it's so popular. I mean, like, look at that Conor McGregor. I mean... Con- he is he, literally, he... in a way, like a perfect wrestling heel because even though he's really good and the people like him, he's someone that people want to see beaten up because no, I... he's also a dick because well. he I, is I, like his aftermatch promo that he said saying I want to apologise to absolutely fucking no one he just it's just like this guy is so good on the mic and so good at building the matches which yeah. is what when wrestling is so good that's what you need well I would like well. to do like a comparison between UFC and um, and wrestling because there is a bit of a bleed so, you know they kind of yeah. like merge into each other a bit because you know like Brock Lesnar he's a UFC fighter as well and yeah, he was a champion he was a heavyweight champion champion as well exactly yeah. so i, I want to know what is the difference between the wrestling and uh ufc and also what are the similarities what what draws wrestlers over to fight in the cage as opposed to as opposed to the ring because there's a wrestler called uh, ken shamrock used to wrestle back in the late 90s and he said that actually wrestling was a lot more harder for him than ufc really because of the constant the bumps and the constant yeah, wrestling all I the suppose, time with yeah. ufc you train for six months 
have one fight and then you kind of rest for a month yeah, and then you go and back then... to it again with wrestling it's always with wrestling as well there's no off season as well like yeah, that makes you appreciate I guess what they do even more like when you know they don't have, have much maybe two days a week at the most they yeah. have off or sometimes they have a, a good couple of weeks to a month just constantly and it's just like and you, I guess you appreciate it because they're giving up their lives to do this yeah, to entertain exactly. people and stuff it's like crazy because I'll, I'll be honest I'm one of those people who understand and there's wrestlers I don't like or dislike but that sort of thing but I would never be a dick to them to be honest because it's like these people giving up their lives to entertain you respect them in that way if that makes any sense yeah. if, if you know what I mean because yeah. I might not like a wrestler but I respect them for what they do kind of thing well, as well it's a, it's it's the same with anything like i may not like fallout boy but i respect them for being a band that plays music and entertains yeah. people i may not like justin Bieber, but no i actually hate justin Bieber. i'm yeah, not gonna, I'm like not gonna rectify that with yeah, any yeah he's he's one of those people who's he's a massive massive douchebag yes he yeah. deserves a slap I, I, in the face i, I don't can't stand him i don't respect his music or what he does <laughs> Nah. It was a bad either. example. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I know I, what you mean I, entirely, yeah. I don't I don't think bands like Busted or McFly are particularly good, but okay, they make music. So that's li- that's literally been episode 10 of Naya Wrestling. We got to know a bit more about me and Jimmy, about what I love and what he loves as well. So thanks again, Jimmy, for appearing and being my awesome co-host, as cool. you are. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, so this has been Naya Wrestling, guys. Always remember to follow us on uh, SoundCloud and to, and also subscribe to us on like obviously the stuff like the social medias and all the different SoundCloud and iTunes and stuff and also to listen to mine and Jimmy's podcast on Robot Wars. We haven't done that in quite a while though. We haven't, we? but they can still go back and listen to well, it. You it's, can. It's that you can cracking go back awesome to stuff. To it. Yes. It's fun. It's Robot Wars. In the in the famous words of CM Punk. It is the best in the world. It is. It is the best Robot Wars podcast in the world out of the three that I can think of. (laughs) That's why we are the best. We are, in a sense, the WWE champion of Robot Wars. Yes, we are. We are. Cool. And this has been... Did you want to do the outro, Jimmy? Do you want me to do the outro? Yeah. Okay, so, yep. From us at Know Your Wrestling, I am Jimmy Cotton and... Of course, the magnificent host that is Mark Sylvester. Thanks, guys. I have been promoted from guest to co-host. Yeah, That's a yes. bit scary, a bit daunting, but no, unless you want a different title, you could be the hostess with the mostest if you want. Be the legit boss. Yes. No, no. You, no, actually, no. <laughs> no. I was saying to tell you before, I was going to show you someone like the best wrestler of all time. You would be the toughest in the world boss, like including <laughs> toughest all, in the world boss. Yeah, it's like including all their nicknames, like <laughs> toughest. SOB, best in the world, legit boss. So it's like, that's what you are. <laughs> I'm all of them. Yes, you are indeed. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else that we need plugging? Not really. No, not really at all. I'm going to do the theme tune. Woo. Yeah, we're going to do a theme tune as well soon, guys. Woo. Hi, Mark. Any last words? Um, I have, Jimmy. I have. My name is Mark Sylvester and I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud. And you can't teach that. And this is Jimmy. And he is the pure awesomeness of awesome. And you can't teach that. But you can teach wrestling. Yes, you can. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world, I'm turning inside out. Good time.
Good time, I'm having a ball. 